God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, we are, uh, you know, in, uh, in a, a place in time where we have a lot of uh, swirling um, theories as to what might be happening, whether the Insurrection Act will be happening or martial law will be happening. Um, it really is. It remains to be seen. Um, I will tell you that uh, the president, it doesn't seem that he was in Abilene, Texas yesterday. He was uh, in the White House meeting with Vice President Pence, and they seem to have patched things up a bit. And they uh, are not on good terms, though. That relationship has soured, and uh, that's unfortunate. Um, I never understood why... President Trump picked some of the people that he picked in his first term in office. I never understood why he allowed somebody to handpick Dan Coats. People could see Dan Coats was a swine or a you know rhino uh, from a mile away, and, and Pence, you know, Pence was one of these guys uh, that was uh, hobnobbing with the Bushes. Uh, played, you know, the basically the standard Washington politic and uh, was endorsing Ted Cruz before he was probably endorsing Jeb Bush in the primary of 2016. So you wonder why, you know, would uh, Trump pick uh, Pence? You know, I, I always thought, well, there must be a method to the madness because obviously Trump is the smartest dude in the room. There's no doubt about that. And I still believe that. I still believe that President Trump can outsmart and outbox anybody in the room. What he's been up against, though, is uh, something that I don't think anybody could withstand, whether it's, you know, the coup, the Russian hoax, the impeachment hoax, uh, every single thing he does. He has no friends in the mainstream media. And by looking at that, I say, well, if 
You know how you say that saying, you know, a friend of his is a friend of mine, a friend of hers is a friend of mine. Um, you know, these people, the enemy of his, an enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> I don't know how that works. You know, you know how, well, I guess you do know how that works. An enemy of, my, of, of, an enemy of my enemy is my friend because you want the other person to do your fighting for you. Um, but in this case, uh, an enemy of our president is my enemy. And right now I have a, a long list of enemies, unfortunately. And I don't, you know, I find it exhausting to fight this fight. And I find it almost insanely ridiculous, insanely ridiculous that the radical left lunatics, I mean, you could just look at Maxine Waters or Nancy Pelosi or Jerry Nadler or Chuck Schumer and just see a level of craziness that you just know should be nowhere close to the power structure within our country. How can these big-time losers, these people that can't even run a shoe store, are running the country? I mean, these people have never done a job where they didn't get paid by a taxpayer's dollar in their life. Not one of them. Every one of them is a career politician. And it's disgusting. And they all talked about uh, term limits and addressed different subjects. But nothing ever gets done. You know, uh, when you sit there and listen to listen, Lindsey Graham say, well, I'm going to get the tech, big tech company now. You just know it's never going to happen. You know, they all, the only reason why Lindsey Graham is talking about, I'm going to go after, I never, I'm more determined than other ever to, 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 to be repeal 230, Section 230. You just know what's going on there. The same thing I've been saying for a long time. I've been saying this for too long. I said, you know, the reason why it was Paul Ryan said uh, he wanted to build a wall but never really did it is because he never had the White House. He always had Obama in the White House, right? And he would say this. He would say, I wish I could repeal and replace Obamacare, and I wish I could build the wall, but I can't because uh, we don't have our guy in the White House. So finally they get a guy in the White House, and all of a sudden Paul Ryan comes out with this brochure. A better way is what he called it. And it was all about repealing or replacing Obamacare and his initiatives for building a wall. And it never happened. And finally, he gets Trump in the White House, who's doubling down on, like, why is this taking so long? This is easy peasy. This is easy stuff, folks. It's easy. I can get this done in two weeks. What's the problem? And, of course... Paul Ryan never had any intention. He finally, his his bluff was called. It's sort of like that guy, you know, that says, hold, don't hold me back, don't hold me back. He wants to fight the big gorilla in the room, right? Next thing you know, they say, really, boss? Okay. And next thing you know, they let him go, and he's alone in the ring with a gorilla. He doesn't want any part of that gorilla. He doesn't want any part of that fight. If he wins, the fight's over. If he loses, the fight's over. But there's no more money to be made off that fight. 
So the point is, is that what goes on in Washington is people talk. People love being the minority party in Washington because they could say and do anything and speak in platitudes knowing full well that their voice is never really going to come to fruition. So they're never going to be held accountable for what it is that they say they want to do because they can do it. They can actually vote affirmatively for a border wall and repeal and replace knowing full well that they're, they just lost that the, uh, the, the vote count by 12 votes. So, they're never going to be on record as actually having done it, which is precisely what they want to do in Washington. They want to get paid by lobbyists for their votes that never really can amount to much. So when Lindsey Graham just recently said, I'm more determined now than ever to repeal Section 230 and to crack down on big tech. Well, guess what? He doesn't mean it. Like I said, they've been talking about building a wall for a decade. In the 2000s, 2005, 2007, 2009, 2011, they talked about building a wall, and then Obama, of course, squashed the whole damn doggone thing. But they were talking about building this wall, and they even voted on some sort of approval for it, which got them really close but they somehow couldn't get the appropriation on the funding. They couldn't work that out. So the closer they got to building a wall, guess what happened? The higher the stakes and the higher the, 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 higher the money value was for the cartel lobbyists to pay off the politicians. And I dare say that that's what small state uh, do-nothing senators like Maisie Hirono from Hawaii or Lisa Murkowski from Alaska or Susan Collins from Maine, they all have one thing in common. And that is they represent really no power. They have no real significance in the Senate because they represent such small populations that no one really much cares about them. So what do they do? They hang on the fringe. They hang on the fringe and they make their vote more valuable so they could be bought off. That's all it is. It's an art. Trust me, it's an art. If I just stay sort of in the middle of the road, I can make my vote count more than anyone else. Joe Manchin's a good example of that. You know, he always like, what is Joe Manchin going to do? He's one of those, you know type of senators that could go either way. So if he can go either way, then that's his, that's his MO. That's his, that's his trade. That's his card. That's his, that's his calling card. And that calling card has, it's worth millions. What are you going to do, Joe? I'll do anything your money tells me to do is what Joe Bancho would say. What a, what a piece of work that guy is. And, and Susan Collins, the same thing. Lisa Murkowski, the same thing. Diane Feinstein will get her in a corner and talk to her once again, and she'll vote however you want. She gets that six years. Lindsey Graham, same thing. Lindsey Graham kissed Trump's butt all the way up until he won his election, and then all of a sudden he's given elbows to uh, Kamala Harris. Kamala? Cammy? 
It's crazy. It's crazy out there. You know, what's happening in Washington is crazy. But, you know, there's a bigger problem in Washington, and that is the rhinos. Because the biggest problem for Trump wasn't the Democrats. The biggest problem for Trump was the rhinos, the Justin Amash losers of the world that referred to Trump as a fifth grader, Justin Amash from Michigan. What a piece of crap. And the other ones, all the way up, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, Mitt Romney's one of them, you know, but Bob, Bob, Bob Corker and Jeff Flake, they're gone, right? And we got rid of them. And I think that Trump, one of the things he did so well is there was a lot of people that, you know, basically had a, uh, a meltdown over Trump because he was so incorrect when it came to politics. He was not, he was politically incorrect and everybody was blowing gaskets and they were beside themselves with appall. They were appalled by Donald Trump. They were appalled by Donald Trump. And so they said things they never would have said. They said things they never would have said. And here they are losing their jobs because they just can't get the words out straight. And so they, uh, they do these things. And he's pretty much, they've burned their own bridges. Just like I think that the Democrats right now are actually going to uh, be the only thing that can stop the Democrats is their own sheer greed, aggressiveness, uh, and stupidity. And they're basically their, their betrayal of the American trust. All of that. All of that is right there for them to, to blow it. They're going to blow it. You know why? Because they're natural-born losers. They might be winning a battle right now, but they're losers. And their philosophies, if you look back in history, and I wish I could say I was a I love history, but I'm just not one of the historians. You know, I'm not as read up on history as I should be. But I will tell you this. One thing I have learned is that, that history as a guide will tell you that totalitarian dictatorships don't fare well. In the long run. Why? Because they always try to get other people's stuff. And sooner or long, they run into a patriot that just kicks their butt and wipes the floor with them. And they realize, you know, yeah, we're no better than Hitler, who bit off more than he could chew. It was the Japanese that bombed Pearl Harbor because they wanted more territory so they could uh, enrich their country with fossil fuels and natural energy sources and industry and sustainability. They, they, they just thought that America was going to be knee-deep embroiled in a uh, European conflict, that we wouldn't have any interest in a Pacific conflict. We couldn't fight two wars. Well, we did, and we won both. America is capable of great things. I think it's capable of great things in, in some part because we have our Second Amendment, that everybody owns a gun, that everybody can defend themselves because we had that luxury and freedom. You know, Chuck Schumer wants to get rid of that. It was said to, I heard this from a historian, they said that uh, Japanese would have actually invaded the mainland of the United States, the western coast, 
But they didn't because they said everybody has a gun in the United States. That wouldn't be a good war. And our military ought to know this, too, because our military, uh, I don't know what the exact number is. It's, I think it's less than a million. We have 80 million people that voted for Trump. And we have about 80 million guns that voted for Trump, too. And if we have to take the fight into the streets, we will. And like we played that clip from uh, that guy yesterday, so passionate. Um, this this guy is just saying, you know what, we're peaceful. And right now we're waving our flags and saying our Pledge of Allegiance and we're showing our patriotism. But that's not going to happen for long. Sooner or long, we're going to stop singing the songs and we're going to stop waving the flags, and we're going to pick up our arms, and we're going to fight back. And you're going to regret the day that you made us do it. Because we play to win. We play for keeps. And that's what it's, that's what's happening. He said, I'm a law-abiding citizen. But at some point, you push me into a corner, and you're going to get hurt. And we got them outgunned, folks. We got them out, out, out-armed. We got them. We are, they work for us. We pay them to do a service. And what they're proposing to do today in the House of Representatives, whether it's the 25th Amendment where the president had to call Pence in and practically, you know, sell, you know not sell out, not plead, not, not beg, but basically coerce Pence into doing the right thing. Because, you know, if you listen to the speech Trump gave, Trump gave a wonderful speech on the ellipse on the 6th. And the attack happened before the speech was over. They got bombs planted in the RNC and DNC and everywhere else. They got video of the Capitol Police escorting the MAGA protesters into the building. They got other MAGA protesters dressed up like MAGA, but they're Antifa. They got a whole shed full of pipes they're handing to the police, and the police are then handing them to the protesters. I don't know what was going on there, but there's a reason why the chief, there's a reason why the chief actually resigned. Think about that. They resigned. And they resigned for a reason. There was a lot of foul play going on there. And We'll find out what it is. Nancy Pelosi admitted that we have our laptop. She admitted it. But she's not doing right by the people, and she's making stuff up again. And every single time Trump has been lambasted in the media for something he allegedly did, he never even did. He never did it. That's the sad part. He didn't collude with Russia. Hillary Clinton did. Our intelligence community did. John Brennan did. Our, our law and justice department, Comey, did. Sally Yates from the Department of Justice did. Loretta Lynch did. Eric Holder did. These were the cats that did the bad, dude, the bad deeds. But they, they pinned it all. They murdered Seth Rich. They did. They flat out murdered the guy. Julian Assange all but admitted on Dutch television. He said, we have a source. His name's Seth Rich. They do dangerous things for us. What the heck? 
But there's no justice. There's no no justice. And 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 Barr is another sad case. Durham, sad. We're never going to see the results, uh, the fruit of that labor. Was there even any labor? <laughs> or were they just getting paid by you to do nothing? Just like Bob Mueller, obviously. He didn't even know what Fusion GPS was. What's a Fusion GPS? Am I talking to a child right now, Bob Mueller? You know, are you a child? You don't even know who Fusion GPS is? Of course he knew. You know, and all these swamp creatures from outside of the Beltway. I mean, not outside. Inside the Beltway, outside of bureaucracy. I'm talking about the Brookings Institution and Atlantic Council and all of these organizations that are literally enemies of the of the of the state enemies of america and then we got these swineless secretaries of state that rig elections and and collude with china nobody cares everybody cared about you know and the, and the part is everybody cared about russia and trump and whether they colluded nobody cares about china nobody cares about collusion nobody cares about election integrity anymore but i care And that's where we take the fight. We got to make sure that we never have those stupid machines in another election. And I don't care. I mean, they have in the House of Representatives a a small, uh, small advantage. But guess what? It doesn't matter because, you know, they will vote in lockstep. I mean, it was uncanny how they voted 100% of their votes went to a perfectly good call and tried to impeach a president over it because they hate Trump. They hate him because he speaks the truth. They hate him because he's not politically correct. They hate him because he gets things done. He comes in, he says, this is easy peasy. I can get the wall built in two weeks. Just give me the money. We'll make it happen. It's not a big deal. It's easy. Right to try. Let's have price transparency on our pharmaceutical drugs. Let's, I mean, what's the problem? Let's treat pharmaceutical drugs like we treat widgets at the Walmart. You know, everybody should know what the price is. You know, when we go and shop, right? Makes perfect sense. How it is that we, nobody could ever get it done in Washington is because it's rigged. It's a rigged system. The biggest problem that Trump has is the rhino. Because they're like sneaky. They're like little spies. You know, saying one thing, doing another. That's Lindsey Graham's a master. In fact, if Lindsey Graham ever becomes a professor, he ought to be, you know, how to be a rhino swine swamp creature in Washington. Because he would be an ace professor at the University of South Carolina or Clemson. My dad's favorite football team. So... Yeah, he would be great at that. And I said to my dad, I said, uh, I was talking to my dad about it, and I said, Lindsey Graham. He was like, yeah, but we need Lindsey Graham, he said, because the other guy's worse. And I said, you're right. And I said, the other part is the other guy gets in, they don't have any dirt on him. He'll be in for six years and we'll be stuck with a liberal, a socialist, radical, communist. Okay, gotcha. And dad's always right. But 
The second part of that is, you know, the good thing about Lindsey Graham, because I just believe that Trump is winning in a, in a landslide, which he did, but it was rigged. I didn't, didn't know how rigged it could possibly be. And I said, well, you know, it'll be a matter of time before they bust Lindsey Graham for, you know, basically all the corruption in Ukraine and the cover up and all of the different things he did with John McCain and the military industrial complex and the palm greasing and the kickbacks and the weapons for oil and so on and so forth. All of that money laundering, uh, secret bank accounts, wire transfers, all kinds of kickbacks. All kinds of things. I mean, Lindsey Graham is on the list. If you go to OpenSecrets.org, he's on all kinds of lists. You know, there's Igor Pasternak, who had these flying cargo ships that were uh, looking like blimps. And Adam Schiff was involved with this. He threw, Igor Pasternak threw uh, fundraisers for Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff got the congressman together to... Finance millions of dollars for this guy. I looked up this guy's company, and it was a shell company. It was in a nowhere space with no employees in the middle of um, Van Nuys, California. Igor Pasternak. But he's got a beautiful townhome in Washington, D.C., where he holds fundraisers. Isn't that nice? So he holds these fundraisers, and he makes big-time money. Basically, the tens of millions of dollars that the government gives Igor Pasternak, right? They give him tens of millions of dollars in contracts. He does nothing with it. He never made a flight. He never made a, a airship that ever did anything, right? He never accomplished it. It was always research and development. You know what research and development is? It's just basically you take the money and you sit on it. You say, yeah, we did some research and we're still working on it. You didn't do anything. It's sort of like the Mueller uh, special counsel. We're going to spend $40 million on you doing research. Okay, we're going to have a meeting now. You're done with your $40 million of research? Good. Hey, tell us about Fusion GPS. I don't know anything about Fusion GPS. That's what Bob Mueller said. We gave you $40 million and... You don't know what just about like every patriot in America knows that Glenn Simpson was the head of Fusion GPS, paid for by Perkins Coey, who was paid for by Hillary Clinton to smear the Donald Trump campaign for Russian collusion delusion. You don't know Fusion GPS like everybody else does, but you don't. And we gave you you're the one we gave 40 million dollars to. Are you crazy? So. That's what they do. They get these monies. The monies then turn around. And now Igor Igor Pasternak has enough money from the government contracts that he does nothing with except take the money and recycle it. Isn't that what they did with um, Planned Parenthood? Isn't that what they do with student uh, the, the teachers' unions? Right? They give all this government money. And the problem with that is it's not liberal government money. It's generally speaking, mostly conservative government money. So you're paying your adversary, thank you very much, for recycling the money back into the liberals' campaigns. That's how sick it is. Because when they give money to Planned Parenthood or to the teachers' unions, and those Planned Parenthoods and teachers' unions turn around and give the 96% of their money to only 
Democrat candidates that run against your candidates that would better America, the conservative candidate, then what happens? You end up financing your political enemy's campaign because most of the people working in middle-class America are voting for Trump. The middle class, the biggest body of workers, where most of the revenue actually comes from, you know, is coming from there. Now, there's a lot of rich, rich fools, little rich people. You know, the top 1% does pay a big chunk of the tax base. That's true. And that, that part does go into. But it's all part of what they can afford. Because how much money can you really spend in a day? You can't spend a million in a day. And some of these people are so rich, they could spend a million a day and never go broke. So that's the point. The point is, is that we have a rigged system and we got to fix that. We have to fix it. We have to open our eyes. We have to bang drums. Now we've been banging drums. Like I said, what happened was mainstream media was just a one dimensional conversation, right? One dimensional. It was them talking to you. They're, they have the Kool-Aid and they're pouring it down your throat. And you basically say, you know, I've had enough Kool-Aid. I've had enough. And I'm leaving. And you did. You did. You left. I remember when Dan Rather was an anchor, right? Then we found out about the Swift Boat thing. We really found out his true stripes. We found out that Tom, Tom Brokaw was a radical lefty. We found out that Peter Jennings was a radical lefty. We found out that Walter Cronkite leaned left. But, you know, at least they tried to cover it up and hide it. And so long as they're hiding it, you know, the general public is getting a fair and balanced uh, presentation of the news. But they were picking and choosing what was important. So we, we probably didn't even know how much bias we were consuming. But we learned. As more information came about, we learned. And we started to get into the information age and the internet happened. And next thing you know, we started to learn. And we started to say, you know what? I sense a little bit of foul play here. You guys are me. You guys are really biased. And you left. You just left. And that was fine. But then you went to big tech because you liked that two-way conversation. And the two-way conversation was really nice. Because it was like fair and balanced and unafraid, right? So next thing you know, you're going to the social media big tech companies in droves. 70%, I believe, was the number uh, of people. And I, I happen to know that because I did my own study on that, on the flash polls. And I saw how overwhelmingly in favor uh, uh, that the polls leaned to the right. And I said, okay, well, that is what's going on there. This conservative think tank on social media, we hijacked Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg's creation. We hijacked it. Where they love socialism and communism, their whole, whole company was exuding and rewarding and aiding and abetting people like Donald Trump and myself and the people listening today. And so they didn't like that. You know, and so they tried to change it. They throttled it. They shadow banned it. They did all these things to level the playing field. And that's what they did. And 
at the end of the day, that wasn't even enough. That wasn't enough. So now what they've done is now that they got, they, they believe they have the right power structure in place to where they're untouchable, they feel like they can actually crush the conservatives. But when you do stuff like that, there's always a reaction that you cannot predict. When you crush something like that, it always sprouts. It's sort of like um, forest fires. When you clear the brush and you grow new foliage, foliage, it's moist and it doesn't catch on fire. But if you try to do what the stupid liberals out in California did with their forest fire, forests, they would um, say, you can't cut them down because we need our forests. But next thing you know, the forests get old, brittle, dry, and they burn to the ground. Then what, is, what have you done? You didn't even get the wood from that to build the houses uh, for, for more affordable pricing. So it's an unwanted uh, you know, consequence. Anyway, so the point is, is that be careful what you wish for. So they crushed us now, right? On social media, the big tech has crushed us. And you say, well, we're going to get you with Section 230. You can't deny this. And there is a Department of Justice case that's looming uh, against Google, but that's going to be like a year and a half from now. But you wonder if the Department of Justice is going to be independent or what's going to happen with that. I mean, the case has started. So hopefully they won't uh, botch it. But um, the idea is there are antitrust situations going in there. And what you need, perhaps, is private citizens. And maybe uh, the Trump legacy, uh, in terms of his first term, let's hope he has a second term, but the first term is is that um, he confirmed more judges than any other uh, president in history. So hopefully these judges are going to actually look at antitrust from a conservative lens and realize that you can't have this censorship in First Amendment violation. And so that's interesting right there and there. So we're going to go ahead and take a caller that's been waiting uh, the longest. Uh, And I think this is Jonathan from, um, from Pennsylvania. Jonathan, you're on the air. Yes, good morning, Scott. Good morning. Good to hear you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to say the um, about the bottom line here. What's going on? I mean, there's so much evil in this election, in my opinion. <laughs> Irrespective of the Democrats and the media claim that oh, nothing, nothing wrong happened. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I mean, how can God let this happen? How can there? Oh, How can well, you allow so okay. much evil? Well, you're one of the more and, you're one of the more religious people that calls in, right? And uh, you know we're connected with uh, WFYL, and you listen. You've been a long WFYL, eleven eighty AM listener in the Philadelphia area. Uh, it's a Christian station, and uh, one of the th- I was I've been thinking about this, and I'm I don't know the Bible like you do, and I don't know a lot of of these things, but I I have faith in in, in things. And I will tell you this. I will tell you that I've been thinking about this subject for a long time. And I'm going to um, say this, and then I'm going to want to hear what you have to say about it. But <clears throat> even if President Trump somehow can't pull it off because the, the odds are just too great against him, you look up to God and you say, you know, why, why God? What, why, why did this happen? Why did you let this happen? And 
in in a lot of ways, the answer to that could very well be that uh, I was talking to Leonore about this yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I said, you know, sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know, and and uh, sometimes when you're in love and you have a conflict within that relationship, uh, and you know, you have this bad period in the relationship where it gets strained and you, uh, you know, you're on your own for a couple of weeks, you get back together and you realize, no, no, I missed you so much. You know, this is the, this is so important to me. I'm going to make it work. And so the point is, is that, uh, with this, where you say God works in mysterious ways, right? You've always heard that statement. Um, at the end of the day, maybe, what we need to see is a mirror reflection of what we had and the compare and contrast will be so obvious that, you know, although you and I are ahead of the game, we see it already, but there's so many people that we need to be thinking about that don't get to see it. They don't get to see the disparity between the socialism and the socialists and the corrupt politicians like Joe Biden and the honest patriots uh, like Donald Trump, or basically what the value of political correctness or political incorrectness brings to the table, or you know, being organic and answering the uh, uh, media's questions on the fly, like like you're on a high wire without a rope, and then seeing you know Biden or someone like that answer questions that are focus group tested and you know and uh, just spun by a bunch of handlers, right? We've seen that. And we know that there's a authenticity there. We know what we want. We know what we don't want. Well, maybe there's a lot of people that don't know. And it could very well be that, uh, that at the end of the day, uh, a two-and-a-half, three-year cycle, because let's face it, in three years, people are going to start running for 2024. In six months to eight months, people are going to start running for the midterms in 2022. So we are going to have a lot of discussion within the political uh, sphere. And I think that maybe God works in mysterious ways to help us all see, not just you and me, because we see it now. But there's so many people we don't realize don't see it. And what what could very well be is we could actually have a more peaceful, more harmonic situation for a longer period of time, you know, with maybe a gap in between. Uh, and, and that could be maybe a better path. And you look back and maybe the goal is 2030. Maybe the goal isn't 2020. Maybe the goal isn't 2024. Maybe the goal is 2030. And so we look back from 2030 and say, how did that work out? And maybe it worked out better. And then we would say, well, it was in God's hands and he did the right thing. Well, what say you? Um, okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, I think the bottom line of what's going on here is uh, God is controlling events in really a very strong way. Um, in this last election, it, it, like he took his hand off uh, from really restraining evil. And I think we can see what God has been doing throughout the years to really keep things righteous in America, uh, relatively righteous, even though we can see the buildup of, of the swamp, the evil in the swamp. Um, and the, um, 
I, I think what's the, one of the primary, he's allowed Satan to go ahead and really take over pretty much, except, you know, 50-50 in the Senate. And really it's close to 50-50 in the House. Um, it doesn't matter he, because the allowed, Democrats never deviate. They never deviate. You yeah. know, the Republicans, they always deviate. And the yeah, Democrats right, stay right. together and unified. But, but he's allowed... He's allowed the, the worldly forces to take over. You know, you get godly forces, and Satan is the ruler of this world. And he's allowed the worldly forces to take over um, in, in America. And in Israel, half, I mean, they have now a split presidency, Netanyahu for a right. while and then the other guy for a while. Uh, yeah. And I don't know exactly how that working, but... Gant. And yeah, by the way, the other guy's name is Gant. Okay, Gant, and we have a start of a of a Mideast Israeli peace process with the Arabs. It is, some states are in, and some states aren't in yet. But and I think um, what what is what the uh, anti God forces put it that way. Anti God forces are going for is to what they want to do is destroy Israel through a treaty where they can really take over Israel and really set up the end-time events in the book of Revelation where um, well, there'll be a treaty that's confirmed and the, uh, the man of perdition uh, goes in and sets up the treaty with Israel um, that will be confirmed later, and I think that will happen in this two-year or four-year term. And uh, Trump wouldn't do it, and Netanyahu wouldn't do it, so... Um, they got Biden in there and and Gantt to do this treaty um, that's going to really set up the end time destruction of Israel. Um, you know, ninety nine percent destruction, except uh, some get away. Um, and I think that's one of the main things that, that's going on. But God has pulled His hand back and showed us here's what happens when. Um, Christians don't really work hard to to do the righteous things yeah. and just kind of uh, live their lives and and, and uh, spend money to live in nice houses and 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 don't really work on the uh, um, being circumspect, looking around, yeah. knowing all what's going on, and then working yeah. for the righteous uh, activity. But now, I think God will come back and inspire the the, the Christian. Uh, Christians of yeah. the of the U.S. to really gather together right. and and work together, and I think the two most important things we need to do is um, focus on good, honest elections that uh, constitutional elections. Like there's, there's an election day by the Constitution. Yeah. There's an election day. Okay. Yeah. I know. And. And not not a whole not a whole week not a whole month yeah, but a, a, day. Day. a day people right. should go and, and vote and we need some good means of of communication yeah. where the I mean the media where at least one channel we can get to be honest somehow right. and right. we need to pray for those we need to pray for especially well, John, those things Jonathan, but also to coordinate uh, individually with each other all right. Thank you. We, we we have to keep the calls a little bit uh, on on schedule because I have a clip I have to play okay. and uh, we're running out of time. Right. But thank you, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. All right.
Right. Take care. And um, all right. So I want to play this clip. I want to I want to stay on on this uh, topic of um, you know where we are with this uh, impeachment thing that's happening today because that's really germane to what's happening today. And I want to play this clip. Uh, so um, this was actually uh, um, Greg Kelly. Uh, put this together, but um, you know it's kind of interesting. He he basically said this. Yeah, it's kind of a defeatist attitude a little bit. Uh, I think he was somewhat deflated. But I'll much more to say that. about that. You know, after t- yesterday and uh, what we've been through for the past uh, couple of months, I couldn't sleep last night. And uh, when you can't sleep, you can do a lot of things. You can go eat something. You can uh, watch TV. Lots of things. I took out the phone, which is the last thing you should do if you can't sleep. And it got me mad right off the bat. I looked at the New York Times. and let- So when he says, I picked up the phone, what he's talking about is picking up the phone and going on social media and reading the news, and it just upset him. Let's put that headline up. Hmm? Trump incites mob. And there it is. A- and by the way, Trump incites mob, absolutely not true. Great big glaring lie. I said, I said this Trump incites mob. And I said, How in the world did Trump incite the mob when the bombs that were planted at the RNC and DNC were already there before Trump even showed up on the ellipse? So, what is Nancy Pelosi actually doing? And, and what's, what's sad about it is when they vote for impeachment, you're going to have every Democrat vote for something that never even happened. But that's how unified they are and in lockstep they are. They will stop at nothing to gain political power and destroy people that oppose their view because they're radical, intolerant, totalitarian dictators with a hint, uh, bent on communism and socialism. So many of them, just about everything they've said about him has been untrue. And this one, I don't think they understand the media that... We can see what they can see. They think we rely on them to tell us stuff. No. I watched that speech myself that the president gave from the ellipse. He said the opposite of riot. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Anything wrong with Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with that. So what we have to do is we have to realize that we're in a war and uh, we're in a battle for our our republic right now. And we have, um, we have to really fight back and we have to uh, make our voices heard. The enemy of the state is China and they're controlled over Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, Google, YouTube, multinational corporations. You know, China has this large population of 1.5 billion people. India has such a population too, but they're not run in the same way as China. China is an aggressor. And so China is doing everything it can to control and rule the world. And we need to put a stop to that. And you can boycott as much as you can, but when it's every single entity of our lives and all these people within the cabinet, you know, Chad Wolf resigned, 
Betsy DeVos resigned, Elaine Chow resigned, all these. And you wonder, maybe they're resigning because if there was martial law to take over the government while the commander-in-chief oversees the operation, it could very well be that those people need to get out of the way and military operations stand at the top of each post. Have you thought about that? Could be. So it's an interesting play. There's a lot of options, and there's a lot of um, power that the president still has uh, to do something to right this wrong. It is his duty to protect and defend the uh, United States of America. We're going to go ahead and take Reba. Uh, Reba, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Thanks, Scott. You've really been um, hitting it hard this morning, and and you're speaking the truth. I'm really proud of all these uh, concepts that you're bringing to the audience this morning. I just want to add to that, you know, General Washington, he led the troops in fighting the Revolutionary War, but could General Washington have won that war except that he had people, patriots, standing beside him, marching with him, fighting those battles. No, he could not. And here's the thing. There are no troops in D.C., meaning Congress, that are marching with the president. We have a small handful of people that supposedly did, but did they really? You know... They knew there was no way they were going to win this fight against this rigged election. So the fact that six or seven senators stood on the side of truth, it was a safe bet that it was still going to lose. So were they really standing or not? And I was thinking back to, uh, you know, this Obamacare, McCain, Romney, uh, these others that that were not for we the people, were they just the sacrificial lambs, so to speak? Because everyone else that was voting to repeal and replace, they knew that the vote was going to be going nowhere. It's really causing me to think about these individual people in an even more uh, critical fashion because their playbook is now laid open before us. And this is the type of behavior we've seen repeatedly throughout our lives. And it's really time for patriots to educate themselves, properly, thoroughly research and vet every single candidate. Because, Scott, I'm going to tell you something. I firmly believe we are going to see a new election within the next four months. And we need to make sure that who we cast our vote for is truly who they claim to be. Wow. Okay. And how do you, how do you think that would play out? Well, I, I just think the people, we the people have had enough, and we're not going to stand for it. And if Congress or the Supreme Court won't do what they need to do, The military is the only way forward, and, uh, you know, we're going to have to get people into position. Right now, we're being 
run by a corporation, the United States of America, Inc. And uh, this corporation is de facto. We need to set up the government of we the people. And uh, we need patriots to step up and take those positions of being the voice of the people. Wow. Okay, well, thank you, Reba. We're uh, approaching the end of our show, so I want to uh, just ask you, how can we get a hold of you and learn more about your show that you do? Yes, you can find me here on Red State Talk Radio, 7 p to, to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, oh, every you're live. single day, you're seven live. days a week. You're live every evening. Right? Every evening. So you're live in the evenings. That's great. That, that there's you know there, there's a there's a real uh, interest in live radio uh, shows in the evening to compete with you know I think of Fox News that's lost you know right it's lost its way it's lost its rudder it's lost its navigation um, even uh, Martha McCallum is uh, lost her 7 p.m. slot because. She's been relegated to 3 p.m. because everybody can't stand her. She sucks. And so it's too bad for Martha McCallum that she had to go the way of that. But um, they're going to replace her with a conservative talk show, which is I think Fox News is realizing that they're hemorrhaging like Twitter. Twitter just lost five billion dollars in revenue. Uh, because they got rid of uh, Donald Trump's Twitter account. So, But thank you so much, Reba. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And we'll check out your show from 7 to 9 on Red State Talk Radio. Okay? It's been my pleasure to hear your show this morning, Scott. All right. Thank take you. care. All right. All right. Well, you know, I got to tell you, yeah, it's true. Um, Twitter uh, lost $5 billion. <laughs> That's hurt. That hurts. You know, it wasn't that long ago that... Um, Jack Dorsey was up being reviewed by the board and I think had some benchmarks that he needed to do. I don't know if it was he was too lenient or if he wasn't making enough money or if he was hemorrhaging cash because of his political ideology. I don't know what that was, but I have a feeling that Jack Dorsey's days are numbered. And I also think that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, with all his election meddling and financing of election meddling, uh, he's also going to be in big trouble um, if uh, President Trump were to act on these ag- and get aggressive on some of these uh, crimes that were committed. Uh, president Trump has, you know, good eight days left as president to to execute his will. Just think about it. What would the Democrats do? That's all you got to do is what would the Democrats do and do the same The hell with them. And, you know. Fight fire with fire. And with that, that's where we are right now. So you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. My name is Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the podcast. It's right up to there.